All right, welcome to the State of the Lakers podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, Raj and I wanted so badly just to take this week off um, uh, to, to kind of recalibrate for the offseason, but we had to go today on account of the big news that came down yesterday. Uh, Raj, first of all, how are you doing, man? How's your week been? It's been really good. I was not expecting that. I'm getting ready for like a music festival this weekend. Like I was preparing <laughs> for that. Um, Hard Summer, I don't know if most people don't know it, Hard Summer is a huge music festival out here in San Bernardino, Friday and Saturday, just, you know, relaxing, was ready to get to my Friday, um, Buddy Healed rumors started swirling, and, you know, I'm over here posting, you know, we haven't had a shooter like this since, you know, I'm not sure when, you know, how they're going to defend him coming off curls, coming off flare screens, you posted that, that play where they kind of screen him in the corner, you know, we're all excited, and then bam, it just turns right away to Russell Westbrook, so... Yeah, but I'm good. How how are you? How are I'm you doing do, I, I'm I'm doing well. Yeah, you know that was one of the most strange phenomenon uh, phenomena that I can remember uh, in my time uh, following the NBA, where all of this intel is pointing towards Buddy Heald, and yeah. in addition to that, it's like the clearest consensus no brainer move that we can remember, especially surrounding the Lakers, who have been heavily critiqued in terms of the way they've built their roster. Well, you know, you've got Laker fans who are extremely excited about the the potential of having this talented of a shooter next to LeBron and AD, all the different actions that can work, what kind of stuff he can bring to the team. And then outside of Lakers Twitter, I tweeted out yesterday in the afternoon, like, hey, for all of my followers who are not Laker fans, what do you think about this move? And it was near unanimous that it made mm-hmm. them significantly better. It was just a, a massive 100% approval rating of this potential Buddy Heald trade. But there was one hiccup. They needed Montrez Harold to opt in in order to match salaries. So we're waiting around all day trying to see if Montrez Harold's going to opt in. He does. And mm. Woj tweets out that all signs are pointing towards this Buddy Heald trade. And almost immediately, Shams comes in from the top rope with his report that they're actually nearing a deal with Russell Westbrook. And all hell broke loose on Twitter, <laughs> including myself. And this is something that, you know, in retrospect, I need to be better about. Like, And part of it was because I was so excited about the possibility of a Buddy Heald trade and what he could do to help that team. And just the massive swing in emotion from that to to this potential Russell Russell Westbrook trade that I almost exclusively reacted negatively. And I was tweeting about all the different ways it could go wrong. And I think it's very important as we discuss this today that we emphasize that there are two sides to the Russell Westbrook coin. And there are good things that he brings to the table. The reality of the situation now is regardless of whether they still get Buddy Heald or if they still get Otto Porter or if they still get all these shooters or not, regardless of what happens, Russell Westbrook is a Laker. He's Mm -hmm. going to be at training camp. He's going to be playing for the team. So we need to figure out how that works. And so my, my first question for you is just in general, how do you forget about role players for right this second? How do you feel about the natural basketball fit of Russell Westbrook next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis? So I was like you. I did not think this was happening. Uh, my friends were kind of texting me this rumor a couple of weeks, you know, like last week or something. I was like, I'll buy a Westbrook jersey. If he comes to the Lakers, I'll buy a Westbrook jersey. That's how sure I was. This was not happening. It wasn't going to fit. 
at first I was shocked. At, I don't like the basketball fit at first. I think that was what most people thought. But as you watch like him play, you watch you know his not his highlights, but like what he does on the court, you kind of understand where it's going. And I'm I saw some of this like, hey, what if Westbrook comes off the bench? No, Westbrook's not coming off the bench. Like not this for forty five million, he's no, not. <laughs> no, this is gonna be like people are like, oh well, let's see how the rest of the roster looks. Well, yeah, that's important, but. In the playoffs, you're gonna have Westbrook, LeBron, and AD on the floor. Like that's your main core of team that's gonna be on there. He's not coming off the bench running a second unit for forty-five million dollars. That's not what he come to LA for. Like, oh yeah, Westbrook can change. Yeah, he can fit in a little better around the stars, but he's here to do what Russell Westbrook does. What does Russell Westbrook do? Attack the rim. He's a relentless mm-hmm. guy that gets to the rim. A relentless guy in transition. Um, he kind of fits this. Uh, Laker film room talks about this a lot. How the Lakers really trying to get to to be physical, to dominate you in a physical manner, similar to how Dwight Howard kind of plays. Westbrook is kind of that way. He's like a mini kind of Giannis in that way where he really just tries to drive the whole time. Again, takes jumpers that he probably shouldn't. Teams are going to leave him open. To me, his percentages, like I don't know about what you think about this, Jason, but like people are putting up his spot-up three-point percentages. I almost throw those out. He's such a, like a... I don't know. I say like a Jekyll and Hyde shooter that teams aren't going to guard him anyway, no matter regardless. what. Regardless, regardless that he can shoot forty five percent of three, teams are not going to guard him. It's make or miss. It's all the other stuff. Is he doing? Is he taking bad shots? Is he you know making right decisions on the floor? That's where I see. But I, I feel a lot better about it today than I did yesterday. How about you? What do you, how do you feel about him on the team? So it reminds me in terms of the organic basketball fit to the big three in Miami with the Heat. Now, Dwayne Wade is a significantly better basketball player. Even the diminished version of Dwayne Wade was a significantly better basketball player than this version of Russ. But the point is, is that uh, Dwayne Wade was not a a spot-up shooter type of spacer. The way that he eventually meshed with LeBron was selective cutting and offensive rebounding, which is almost exactly what Russ is going to do. The big reason why I think Dwayne Wade was a better fit than with Russell Westbrook is that if you're going to be that guy who hurts in terms of spacing but makes up for it with offensive rebounding and cutting and and off-ball defense and protecting the rim and all those things, you almost can't have the bad side that comes with it. Dwayne Wade was such a high basketball IQ and played so under control that the the total, you know, plus minus of all the pros and cons of what he br- brought to the table netted a positive result for that heat team what scares me about this specific fit is in addition to hurting the spacing while there is good that comes with him crashing the offensive glass and putting pressure on the rim and cutting off of LeBron and all those things I worry about decision making you know Russell Westbrook is a player that goes 100 miles an hour all the time there is no change of pace to his game and it, it, it's it's one of those things where I wonder if that will kind of tilt that balance into sometimes on some nights being a net negative for the Lakers. You know, at a certain point, Russell Westbrook sometimes gets in his own way by trying to do too much. Um, and I, there will be nights when he's with the Lakers where he's going to do so much good that it just feels like this overwhelming force. And you're going to be like, man, this looks great. But I think for every night like that, there's going to be nights where he tries to do too much and it ends up hurting the team. And, and, and so that's that's kind of like my initial impression. Now, as far as the basketball fit, I kind of tweeted this out a little bit yesterday. Uh, but the general idea is if you're looking for a silver lining, a reason that the Russell Westbrook fit could work, 
I want you to think about the general ideology that the guys from Laker Film Room have been talking about a lot over the last couple weeks, which is the identity of the Lakers as just a physically overwhelming team. When you Mm -hmm. add Russell Westbrook to the mix as a big, strong athletic guard who relentlessly pressures the rim, who grabs a ton of offensive rebounds, who at least when he's trying and when he's focused can be a physically dominating defensive player, it adds to that identity. It makes it so that in the rock fight, not only do the Lakers have LeBron and AD just wrecking havoc around the rim, now you've got Russell Westbrook in there too. He's going to be a physical problem for smaller guards in playoff series, for the Damian Lillards, for the Chris Pauls, for those types of guys in these playoff series. That is the silver lining. That's how it could work out. But I just see a lot of ways it could go wrong with the spacing, with him going off script with his decision-making, with him, he's he's got that Rondo quality of sometimes he just goes for the home run steal instead mm-hmm. of staying in the defensive scheme, which can get him out of position, which can hurt the defense overall. I, I'm worried about some of the ways it could go wrong, but that physical dominance is the way I could see it going right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, and this is the first time, I think, in like three, four years, he's going to be asked to really be this connected on defense as well, right? Like the last time probably was those Thunder teams. Uh, once he got his own team, he was not the defender that, that he was before. He's going to crash the glass and everything. One thing I was surprised, I don't know if you were able to really dive into Westbrook film yet, but like he's still very athletic. Like he's not like he hasn't lost as much a step as I thought he would have. Um, watching his place with, with the Wizards, he's still super fast, one of the fastest guards, still in the top 2 or 3% of athletes. And again, that just fits what the Lakers are trying to do. Um, they have all these athletic freaks now in the starting lineup. LeBron is still one, Anthony Davis. They're just going to try to maul you over uh, with physicality. I try, like when I watch his tape, like I'd rather watch him in Houston. I feel like that's more of what the Lakers are trying to do. Um, with the Wizards, I mean, he had he was setting up guys like Alex Len, you know, um, Thomas Bryan, all these like really young dudes, not really ready to win. When I play, watch him in Houston, I don't know about you, but I think like Westbrook will kind of be the center in a lot of lineups. You know what I mean? Like they'll kind of inverse the offense where like AD is kind of the four and then Westbrook kind of plays the five where he's the screener. And then you could, that's what he did for James Harden line. It was really successful where he's kind of the screener for LeBron, where LeBron's kind of making decision-making. Um, but yeah, the one big question is off the ball, right? Like, can he be a guy sitting in the dunker spot? Can he be in a guy that just crashes the board consistently? Can he be a guy that doesn't take the open threes? You know what I mean? A guy that doesn't take terrible shots. He's going to have four for 20 nights. That's just what comes with the package oh, of Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that comes with the package of Russell Westbrook. Like, he's not a guy. This isn't his second year in the league. You know what I mean? This is what? I don't know what year, but it's in multiple. Uh, he's about to turn 33. He is what he about is. Turn, he is what he is. Yeah. I mean, he's going to, ch- he can change here and there, but you know what I mean? I'm seeing people saying he's going to change. I mean, Russell Westbrook's coming here to be Russell Westbrook. Like, don't get that confused. So what do you think about him off the ball? That's where I'm kind of worried. Like I like him as a screener, but I mean, you don't pay Russell Westbrook $45 million to be a screener. You know what I mean? So like, he's going to have a lot of on ball. I think this helps AD a lot. Uh, you know, like I feel like these non LeBron minutes now have a, pure creator on the floor i don't think dennis Schroeder was ready for that um so what do you think about him off the ball kind of where 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 can he be successful there with this team so the russell westbrook acquisition makes the surrounding moves so much more important uh than they were with healed you know i with with buddy healed 
you could have basically just brought everybody else back. Like you could have gone, yeah. hey, here comes Wes. We'll bring back Caruso and THT on typical, you know, rookie extensions. And we're going to, uh, you know, bring back Markeith Morris and, and we'll just sign some standard veteran, veteran minimum guys. And, and it all just would have worked because the body healed is such a natural basketball fit. And one of the reasons why I was so excited about Buddy Heald, and he's not off the table now. Allegedly, there are some scenarios where it could work. Probably a three-team deal involving sign and trading him to somebody who gives stuff to the Kings who send Heald to the Lakers. Uh, but like, but it, with a team that puts so much relentless rim pressure, Buddy Heald is a player that sucks people away from the rim. Whether it's through screening actions off ball, having him flying off of screens, that occupies off-ball defenders, whether he's an on-ball creator with uh, Anthony Davis as a screener or whether he's just a spot-up guy, he pulls guys away from the rim, which would have naturally kind of made everything else work. With Russ, it's going to be the opposite effect. It's going to be a total sellout to the rim for the defense. So it becomes that much more important for the other two guys that are on the floor with those three to be high-level shooters. You know, there's kind of like a counterbalance with spacing, right? And we saw that tilt way out of whack when Anthony Davis got hurt, right? Like when Anthony Davis was playing, everything seemed to make just a little bit more sense with where the guys were being aggressive offensively. Then he went down and all of a sudden it was like like a black hole in the paint. Mm -hmm. There were just bodies everywhere. Well, that's the way it's going to be with that balance. You know, uh, uh, AD... Uh, LeBron, Russ lineup with Otto Porter and Bud Heald, spacing is going to be fine because four of those guys, like LeBron's the worst spot up shooter in that lineup and he, or maybe him and AD. So it's like, you're, you're, you're going to be fine. But if that's Alex Caruso and Wesley Matthews, now is it going to tilt way too far to where there's just not enough room for guys to create because Caruso, you can kind of play him with a 50-50 split, you know, play like a traditional shell drill. And Russell Westbrook, I can abandon entirely and basically just tap my foot in and out of the paint and and just be there. You know, and, and Wesley Matthews, same thing, you know. So it, that's going to be critical is how how they weigh that. As far as what he needs to do when he's off ball, you brought up one of them. Use him as a screener. That's one of the best ways to involve a guy that they ignore. Because at mm-hmm. the very least, what's probably going to happen is they're going to trap off of his screen and you can hit him on the short roll where he can make decisions. Kind of like what the Warriors do with Draymond Green. The other thing you can do is have him constantly set screens off the ball for shooters, which will make the defense make decisions and occupies defenders. But the biggest thing is going to be his ability to cut to the basket off of guys like Marcus Gasol and LeBron and his ability to get offensive rebounds. If he can do that, it's going to be like that meter and it needs to tilt in favor of him having positive impact. If he's missing spot-up shots, he's not getting rebounds, He's not creating havoc as a screener. It's going to tilt the other way, and it's going to be a problem to where he's hurting their team with their spacing. But that That's the kind of stuff to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, he's an amazing rebounder, and we can't take that away from him. I think that's the thing that will really help the Lakers. They'll really push the pace. Flex will real play faster. Anthony Davis will play faster, um, get him going. Anthony Davis just being himself, I think, is a huge thing that a lot of people are kind of forgetting this offseason. Um, AD and LeBron together, healthy, back healthy with a motivated Russell Westbrook. I think I don't I think that'll help with help as well. Westbrook has a lot of flaws, like he just does. They're very loud. Um, I don't want to compare him to Andre Drummond, but like 
when he has a bad game, you're going to know it, right? Russell Westbrook doesn't have quiet bad games. It's not like, oh, Russell Westbrook had a bad game tonight. I didn't even I didn't even realize. No, it's going to be like five for 25. You know what I mean? Yelling and screaming They're at the refs. They're going to be nasty games. <laughs> yes, and that's the that's the process of Russell Westbrook. That's just what it is. Now, can LeBron and AD kind of bridge that gap to where, like, if he's having a bad game, but both of those are going, you know what I mean? And Russell Westbrook's doing other things. Um, he's a, I think he's a better playmaker than he gets credit for. I think he's a big part of why Steven Adams is got, getting the contracts that he does. Um, I watched those OKC teams. He spoon-feeds those guys. Watching, watching Washington, he spoon-fed Alex Lynn. I'm excited to see him with a big like AD. He never had that. Um, in Houston, they kind of went really small, traded their only center, went with Robert Covington at the five, didn't really have a big to play with. And again, Washington is is what they are. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to see him with with a guy like AD, how that works, that kind of playmaking big. Um, he's never really had that kind of screener either, see what that does for him. And just, yeah, when one of LeBron and Russ get the rebound, the Lakers are off. Like, I think that's the positive series. He's going to be great in the regular season. That's my whole issue with this. People have been asking me, like, what do you think of Russ? Like, to me, the the issue isn't in the regular season, though, right? Like, it's this feels like – this is like a super regular season move. It was similar to how Montrez last year was a regular season move, and we all knew it, right? This is like ex- the super extent of that. Westbrook is an amazing regular season player, and the Lakers are going to win a ton of games with those – just with the talent of those three, his motor, AD's motor when he's healthy. Those three are going to push through. It's the playoffs where I'm wondering, and they're like, yeah, it might not work in like the second or third round. But then what are we doing all this for? This is the whole point of all this is to win in the playoffs. Why would you go out and get a player that helps you only in the regular season? That's where like the disconnect for me is there. You know, again, it could work. It's just I watched that second round super closely. The Lakers game plan was to put AD on Westbrook and, you know, let him him roam and and ignored him. him. Exactly, and make him shoot. And I watched that for a whole five games. You know, I, mean, I watched him do that consistently. Watch Westbrook put up these shots that he should not be taking. Um, and again, maybe with more star power around, it, it changes that. It's just, that's my disconnect. That's the part that I'm having trouble. Like, I watch Westbrook. I understand he's super good. Um, the, my trouble here is in the playoffs. Like, that's, like, what happens when teams game plan that way? You need at least one dead-eye shooter next to them if, if this is going to work um so that's is that what are you there as well the playoff concern is 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 the main thing for you too yeah well it, it's because in the playoffs everything gets exaggerated the amount exactly. of your spacing concerns get exaggerated just in general like like that Lakers series was a classic example the lakers flat out ignored russell westbrook and mm-hmm. the first time they did it it was a huge problem russ had a nightmare game and the lakers won and then the next game, which I think it was either game three or game four, they, uh, they, I think it was game three, he actually made a bunch of shots and made a bunch of bank shots, made, made some threes, made a bunch of shots, but like it disjointed the Rockets' offense so much that it just didn't matter and the Lakers won anyway. Um, but that, that's the kind of thing you have to expect. I mean, you know, there's going to be a lot that Russ can do with the ball. Uh, we just talked about him off the ball, and 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 yes, those things are going to be exaggerated in the playoffs. But he does bring a lot of good on the ball. That's where, especially in the regular season and running bench lineups in playoff series, it's it's really going to rear its ugly head. The the shooting stuff and the off ball stuff late in games in playoff series. But for the most part, when he when he when he has the opportunity to make plays with the ball in his hands, there's going to be a lot of good. So let's talk really quick about the things that he does well with the ball. So first of all, like you said, absolutely incredible passer. He's what probably one of the most underrated things uh, about Russ 
is he, he he's really good at manipulating a defense by putting that like semi transition pressure, like grabbing mm-hmm. the rebound, taking three, four hard dribbles up the floor, makes the defense react one way or another, hits the big, hits a shooter, whatever it is that he's doing. He's a great passer. Secondly, he's a legitimate matchup problem for smaller guards. Um, oh yeah, the Lakers are the Lakers were have been a really good defense the last couple of years and. Russ has done a really good job in those matchups, whether he's been with the Wizards or with the Rockets. He's done a really good job of finding the smallest Laker guard on the floor, posting him up, and making going through some him. Kind of, going through him, and then going down the floor doing the rock the baby thing or, or, oh, or whatever oh, it is absolutely. that he does. Absolutely. Yeah, like so you can see the the vision there. You can see the vision. The key is going to be getting the ball out of his hands at the biggest moments of the game. So mm-hmm. that your because his decision making is questionable, while at the same time letting him to have that impact off the ball. But you're right, the, the dog days of the regular season, he's going to be incredible. Playoff series when you know it's the end of the first quarter and LeBron's taking his rest, having Russ out there to run the offense, that's a big perk. It's just going to be those specific scenarios where he needs to be incredible. And like you said, the moves on the periphery of this become that much more important. And I don't know, you know, our guy uh, Kings, who uh, does the pod with Jason Maples, he has this theory, and it's actually an interesting theory, which is, you know, we heard about the Bogdanovich fiasco last year, which, to make a long story short, was a sign and trade was agreed to in principle to send Bogdanovich to the Bucks, And almost immediately, a bunch of people were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, technically, they can't even be talking to Bogdanovich. This is tampering. Became this big, fat, hairy deal. And then the deal ended up falling apart. So you would assume that anybody this summer who's thinking about doing a a sign-in trade is going to be super careful to keep the intel out of the, the media to, you know, use smoke and mirrors and whatever it takes to just kind of keep that out of sight, out of mind. Now, to my knowledge, they can't consummate the Russell Westbrook trade until the 6th. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. So, Mm -hmm. in theory, that deal is still up in the air until the 6th. And on, I believe, the 2nd or the 1st, it's like Sunday or Monday, this coming up, they can start legally negotiating with free agents. So, what'll be interesting to see is if this deal just gets entirely reworked because Washington decides they'll take Dennis Schroeder or if some other team gets involved and it ends up becoming a three-team deal or a separate three-team deal. But getting Buddy healed becomes so much more important to kind of cancel out the negative impacts of Russell Westbrook's spacing. And, and I'm, I'm really interested to see if they can still pull that off because the Buddy Heald thing was such a no-brainer fit that I wonder if the reason why they went after Russ is because they knew they could also get Buddy. I, I'm really interested to see. I mean, are are you optimistic about that, or do you think that's just uh, head in the cloud stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm more on the latter there. I was uh, seeing Eric Pincus. He was saying that uh, the only way that would work, I believe, if like they sign and trade Dennis Schroeder. But then why would the Kings want Dennis Schroeder? I mean, I think they just drafted a point guard. Um, and they have, obviously, De'Aaron Fox. Why would they pay De'Aaron, uh, Dennis Schroeder um, what he wants? Really quickly, just a side note how hilarious that Bugnanovich tampering thing is. Like, that is total 
bullcrap to me because, you know, we just got a story that Russell Westbrook was at LeBron James' house two weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like, what what is this tampering thing? Like, where are you going to draw the line? I, I, uh, I had a weird. problem. I had a problem with the Bogdanovich thing. I thought that was I thought that was BS, too. It didn't make yeah. any sense to me that, like, literally tampering is is rampant throughout the league. And yeah. then you were going to break. Like, I, 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 I think, like. The, the the league has a, a somewhat of an obligation to make it not so apparent, but at the same time, sure. like I can't believe they actually stopped that deal from happening. Like that was pretty wild to me. Yeah, usually like hit him on the wrist and and keep it moving. I mean mm-hmm. these like all these all these guys talk. I mean tampering is such a a loose term now. Um, but yeah, I do think this deal gets reworked in some way. We already saw um the Wizards trade the first round pick the Lakers gave them um uh to indiana so you could see things kind of moving around i don't think they're done but i do think buddy healed is more of like a pie in the sky as well just in hindsight to me like i don't like i know us on lakers twitter and all that probably really like really fascinating with buddy healed but like just this is the lakers buddy healed was never gonna be i guess the third option right russell westbrook has such a star kind of name to it like it's just not just his production but just the name russell westbrook that rings throughout the league you know like that's just what the lakers do he always seemed like a future kind of laker player i didn't think it would be this year he just always seemed like a, a player that was gonna it's kind of funny he, he he was the one that stayed in okc and all that it's gonna be his fourth team in like four years which is which is which is insane Literally. To think about it Thunder, yeah, Rockets, is, Wizards, Lakers. Yeah, exactly. Which is insane to think about for a guy of Russell Westbrook who won the MVP like four years ago. You know, like that's that's kind of insane to see a guy who's moved on. Um, again, you, these guys usually don't become available this early. MVPs at thirty-two years old, but the talent is there. I don't think that's the question. The fit is is the question here, but I think it can work. I feel a lot better about today after watching Russell Westbrook play. Um, I need at least one elite shooter next to them, right? At least has one. I don't need has dead to be eye. at least dead eye shooter. Because they just dropped their best shooter. KCP is their best shooter, and they just dropped him. Exactly. Yeah. So what, let me let me ask you, what do you think about the deal? I guess it, it, like KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell. Montrez didn't really play in the playoffs. I'm not worried about him. Uh, Kuzma obviously struggled, um, but I think he was a rotation playoff piece. KCP obviously is probably the best kind of player in that. What do you think of those two guys? Like how the Lakers have to kind of replace them, I guess, and, and filling them for Russell Westbrook. So giving up Kuzma Harrell and KCP was literally the only way to get the deal done in terms of matching yeah. salaries, at least at this phase, in terms of agreeing in principle. And like you said, this could all get reworked with Dennis Schroeder. I have a hard time believing Washington would take Dennis Schroeder because the whole purpose of them doing the trade it was to get cap flexibility in hopes of signing a free yeah. agent to play with Beal one day. So if if Schroeder wants four years, a hundred million, why why in the world would Washington want to get involved with that? So if there is a sign and trade for Schroeder, it'll be a three team deal for some team that wants a point guard. Like the example I've seen thrown out is Chicago, and I don't know whether or not they actually want to do that or not. But something mm-hmm. like them throwing Laurie Markkinen to the Kings, who then throw Heald to the Lakers, who throw Dennis Schroeder in a sign and trade to the Bulls or whatever it is. There are versions of that. That could work. The part that I didn't understand was throwing in the first round pick. Like, yeah. So it seems to me like the team that really is like, like Washington's benefiting by getting off of Russ's contract. They are because oh, yeah. they, they, they had absolutely no flexibility with him and they want to bring somebody else to come in and play with Beal. So they're getting off that deal. They're getting. 
the third best player on the 2020 champion Lakers in KCP as a, as a good uh, three and D guard to play alongside Bradley Beal. They're getting Montrez Harrell, who is front court. He's a rotation front court player, maybe not for a team that's got championship aspirations, but he's a rotation front court player. And then Kyle Kuzma at his, at his salary is actually a, a, a good asset, good value. So they're getting a lot. And so I didn't understand the need to give to throw in that number 22 but at the end of the day value is set by the league I don't know if there was another team out there that was bidding for Russ or if it became an issue of like oh it has to get done before the 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 draft or we're not or that or we don't want the pick anymore whatever it is like I just didn't understand why they threw that in as far as filling it out the roster this was something I tweeted out after I kind of calmed down after the news (laughs) came out yesterday yeah it's hard to judge this move in a vacuum. They have, if this move gets consummated as currently constructed, you've got LeBron, you've got Anthony Davis, you've got Russell Westbrook, you've got Marcus All. You're probably you've got the rights to THT, and you've got the rights. I think Caruso's unrestricted, actually. He so, is. I'll, I expect him back, though. Yeah. But yeah, but like those are the only six players that the Lakers have you know, real control over at this point. So there was Intel that came out uh, last week that said more or less the Lakers are expected, expected to get a line of veteran minimum uh, uh, guys to fill out the roster. So yeah, if, if that's what they're getting, then, then maybe this will all work out. But the bottom line is, is if you're, if you're looking at the roster, you need to have, uh, at least two big guys that we can put next to Anthony Davis. I don't know if that's Dwight Howard and uh, and you know Andre Drummond at the mini mid level or something along those lines. But they need a couple of bigs. You gotta add guard depth at that point because Caruso, Tht, and Russ is not enough. You need probably five really good guards. And then in terms of their forward depth, it's just LeBron and AD at this point. I forget Marcus Gasol's on the roster, so they might be able to be fine with just Mark and and Dwight Howard, and maybe they can use that mini mid-level on someone along the the lines of an auto porter. But they have to fill the whole roster at this point. When you – this reminds me of the Drew Holiday trade for the Bucks in the sense that the Lakers just kind of had this depth that they have now foregone – in for a top level talent in hopes that in a rock fight playoff series late in the year, having Russ swings the tide a little bit enough to win one, a, a series that might otherwise have gone the other direction. And, but it's just, it's hard to judge until they make all the moves on the periphery. Otherwise we don't really know what this team's going to look like. Yeah. And everything you said kind of falls into like, they have to be creative with this, right? Like they don't have many options here. They have their uh, taxpayer taxpayer MLE, which is like 5.6 million or something. Someone was asking me if DeRozan's going to take that. I was like, I don't know, but I wouldn't bet on people taking $20 million pay cuts. You know what I mean? I just would not bet on that. So that's DeRozan's not the off cal- the table now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably not the caliber of player you're getting, but there's going to be a lot of vet minimum guys. And the Lakers are at the top of that list. Like the Clippers, Kawhi's out, you know, so basically your choice is Milwaukee or LA. I mean, even though Milwaukee just won the chip. You usually lean L.A. when you're putting L.A. versus Milwaukee just in terms of location and all that. Plus, the Lakers have um, playing time to offer, right? They don't have a team yet. You could literally make the team. Um, and, and one thing about the pick that I was kind of just gathering from reading the timeline, um, the Lakers didn't even buy into the second round. So, like, usually they buy a second round pick. They didn't buy into that either, which told me they really didn't. Um, 
they didn't think they need the draft to get the players they wanted. Uh, they got a bunch of highly touted undrafted uh, guys who went undrafted who are high on people's boards. Um, I'm not. I think Austin Reeves and uh, yeah, Mac McClung. Max Lutton and the guy yeah. and the guy from Gonzaga as well. I, I'm, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking Ayala yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I'm blanking on his name, but I, I feel like that's kind of why they didn't. They kind of were able to kind of throw the pick in. Um, but yeah, THG is probably going to be back uh, at some number. Caruso is probably going to be back. But you have to fill this roster out, and uh, they have to be really creative with it. Bedroom minimum guys. Um, see how who plays well in the summer league. Maybe those guys can make the team. Reminds me a lot of the 2019 Lakers. Do you remember? They traded everything for Anthony Davis, and then they signed Grand Danny Green, and they signed Troy Daniels, I think. And that was a team for like a month and a half. It was literally LeBron, AD, Danny Green. It wasn't Troy even it was it wasn't even Danny Green. It was they signed they signed Troy Daniels because yeah. it was a veteran minimum. And then it like it was after the oh, Kawhi news that it was like after the Kawhi news it was like Danny Green, KCP, oh, yes, JaVale yes. McGee, all these guys. But like literally, yeah, for like a month because they were in the Kawhi sweepstakes, there were like three dudes on the roster. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it was LeBron, AD, I think, like Troy Daniels, and uh, their and first Luol Deng's money. <laughs> and Luol Deng's money. Yes, this is the last year of Luol Deng's money. Actually, he has yes. five million dollars left. Um, but yeah, that it reminds me of that where like. The team is literally just the stars, and then you fill around that. So it's going to be really interesting what they do around. Um, but, yeah, this is the core. Like, there's no, there's no like, playing with it. This is the core. It's going to be LeBron, AD, and Russ on the floor when it matters. And that's where I think we have to kind of start with this. Like, that's what it's going to look like, and they branch out from there. They're not going to change the concept of the team now. This is what it is. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, we bring another super-duper shot, shot creator and put Russ even more off the ball. No, this is the team. Like, this is what it's going to look like. I think it's really going to help the non-LeBron minutes, right? Russ and AD, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, a, those, those minutes have to be a positive now. You have Which a, have been a negative the entire LeBron era. Exactly. Even, 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 with, Anthony, even with Anthony Davis on the floor. Exactly, and that's where it should help. Russ should open things up for him, um, and then the other side as well. Um, just using AD as a screen in those lineup, AD at the five with him. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think now AD has to play fully at the five for this to work? I'm seeing those reports come out again that that they were at the house together and and they said they would play the four and the five to accommodate Russell Westbrook. I still don't think AD is going to start the season at center, like just with how he's talking. What, what do you think? Do you think he starts the season at center and does he have to, for this to, to be what it needs to be? Well, <laughs> I've heard that Intel too. Uh, not mm-hmm. just, just from the same sources you have. And I, the, the, the issue that I have with it is I, I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who they end up getting because if they can't yeah. bring in quality forwards and it ends up being Marcus Gasol, Anthony Davis, and some some veteran mid uh, you know uh, uh, minimum type of forward, it might literally be as a result of a lack of depth that Anthony Davis plays center all the time. It might it might end up being that way. Uh, at the end of the day, in terms of X's and O's, like we were talking about earlier, that tilting balance, that scale of spacing. If you play AD at the four and you put a five out there with AD, I don't even think Buddy Heald can fix that. You you need, it's almost not going to work unless Anthony Davis plays the five. But I mean, it could be, you know, sometimes, sometimes stubbornness fades. And I've been beating this drum nonstop for two years that playing the five will actually be physically easier for Anthony Davis. 
because of the fact that while he he'll he'll have to do a little bit more boxing out and a little bit more fighting for position, which can be fatiguing. But on the offensive end, he's going to be playing in so much more space that it'll actually be easier for him. I, I genuinely feel that way. Um, and so the the hope is is that maybe that has just dawned on him as the reality of 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 you know the future of this team. And if he does that, it makes me feel a lot more comfortable. Like the reason why, and the heel, the heel thing feels like a long shot to me personally, but there are some yeah. Laker fans that have a lot of optimism that this, they're going to make that work. The healed thing to me would completely change my outlook of this trade because I don't love the idea of Russell Westbrook with LeBron and AD as a natural basketball fit. But I do love the idea of Russell Westbrook, Buddy healed LeBron and Anthony Davis as a natural basketball fit because it's just three unbelievable rim pressure guys with a guy that you literally can't give an inch of space, uh, whether he's coming off a screen you know, I was listening to Kevin O'Connor this morning. Like, he's awesome on catch and shoot. He's awesome flying off screens. He's like uh, one of the top tier guys off the dribble. He uh, is fantastic in transition. There's no weak spot on the floor. He's just, without a doubt, the third best shooter of this last half decade. It's like him, Stephen Clay, and Duncan Robinson. Those are the guys. And so. That that kind of thing would change my outlook on everything and ju- just the way that it all would work. But yeah, forget about it. If you're putting, if you put Drummond or Dwight Howard with Russell Westbrook on the floor, uh, it's just you're you're begging for teams to just completely ignore everybody and just crowd the paint at that point. Yeah, and I mean, AD has been pretty, um, he's been pretty stern in this. Like like he doesn't want to play center in the regular season. Um, he wants to, you know, he'd rather play power forward, rather, you know, wait to play center when it matters, you know, when the coach asked him to, as he says, um, in the playoffs. To me, if you're going to get a center, because that's what I think is going to happen, like I'm just, I'm believing what AD says here. Um, he does say he wants to play more five, but I do think it will still kind of work out this way. It has to be a lob threat at least, like a guy who can catch above the rim or space out to the three-point line. You can't have this middle dude who needs to catch the ball, you know, gather you know just like be a slow-footed big in the paint like he needs to be able to catch above the rim have a gravity above the rim or a gravity outside the arc like Marcus Gasol that's where I think it needs to be um if they do get a center obviously 80 at the five lineups are where they're going to be most uh where they're going to be the best utilized those three but um I still think they're going to play a center here that's just how I feel it's going to go down centers can be found for the minimum uh, on the market and uh I just think and uh, like you talked about Buddy Heald like when you have Westbrook, LeBron, and AD, you don't even need a Buddy Heald. You know, Buddy Heald would be the like, he's one of the best shooters ever. Like, that's just what his numbers kind of point to. Um, you need at least just some kind of knockdown shooter there. And uh, that's that's where I think the Lakers will go with it. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, it has to be a vertical spacer, which is why I like the idea of Dwight Howard coming back. I really hope Dwight Howard comes back. That would be one of the guys yeah. that I'd keep an eye on. Um uh, if they do play a center, and you seem to think that they will, yeah, I think we're going to be in for a really rough first couple of weeks of the season as they find out the hard way that teams are just going to uh, kind of forego any sort of basic defensive principles for just crowding everything around the rim. You know, 
like Montrez Harrell, we we joked because he could, he blamed everybody else for him not receiving playing time, said matchups don't exist and blah, blah, blah. But that's one of the great reasons, one of the big reasons why he didn't really pan out was, like you said, he's not really much of a vertical spacer and he can't shoot. What he was was he was a guy who could attack specific matchups and a guy who was a good offensive rebounder motor guy, but he was a average to below average defensive player who really struggled on the defensive glass against bigger centers. And then he didn't provide spacing on the offensive end. And that's why that didn't work. And I think just in general, like you said, if they, if they go down that route, the, the, it, 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 Russell Westbrook almost makes it impossible to play those types of lineups. And it'll be really interesting to see. Um, do, is there anything else you wanted to touch on with Russ before we get you out of here for the day? I think we kind of covered it. Um, like I, I was, I think you were uh, as this, on this as well. Like we were two people who were against getting Russell Westbrook. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't want this to work, right? Like that's, I want Russell Westbrook to work in the Lakers. Um, I just have a couple concerns with it, but I, I think it'll work in the regular season. I think it'll be fun, like a full staples with Russell Westbrook and LeBron running lanes, dunking. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think, uh, I think this season will be a little bit more fun in that way. He's a guy that hypes up the crowd, really gets, you know, he's going to be a fan favorite pretty soon. I feel like mm-hmm. that's just how Russell Westbrook is. Uh, when he's on your team, you you kind of love him. So I think we kind of covered, we'll obviously keep talking about Russell Westbrook. It's not like it's going anywhere. Russell Westbrook is, is going to be a Laker, and that's going to be a topic for, that's going to be part of every decision the Lakers make now. He's part of this LeBron and AD. It's a trio now where, like, every decision, every player you sign has to fit with those three you know Mm -hmm. before it was just the two you know it was two players everyone else is kind of uh roams around that universe roams around them they're the planets you know what i mean or the sun however the (laughs) universe works (laughs) the sun uh but now uh you got three of those dudes and uh that's that's where the lakers have to make their decisions yeah i agree i and you're you're right it's going to be a show I, i was talking to my wife a little bit about it uh poor carly i've literally she worked all day and we're driving over to my parents house for dinner um and and i'm just talking her ear off about russell westbrook poor girl uh anyway i was i was venting to her and one of the things i said i was like i was like this is gonna be a show like this this season for the lakers is going to be riveting it's gonna be must-see tv every single night and russell westbrook almost brings that that energy that makes it so that that Tuesday night game in Memphis all of a sudden carries a certain weight because he's going to be talking trash to one of the dudes on the other team and it's going to become a whole thing. Um, but yeah, you're right. So like we're going to continue to watch film on Russ and we're going to continue to kind of find out the, the ways that this could work. There are more moves on the horizon. This trade very well may be expanded by next week with uh, the August 6th uh, free agency opening. So let's just table it for now. And next week, maybe Friday morning, we'll touch base again and kind of talk about uh, uh, how it might make more sense with some of the guys that they sign in the, in the yeah. meantime. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, I think we've said all there is to say about what we can uh, see with this move at this point with what we know now. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's either going to go great or it's going to crash. Like there's no middle ground to this. There's no like, Oh yeah, they're kind of winning. Uh, you know, they're doing okay. No, this is either gonna blast forward or you know really blow up. And I expect it to do well, though. But yeah, it's gonna be a show. You're right. Health is the big thing, and this is mm-hmm. this is the most important detail. Like, even if Russ destroys their spacing, 
even if Russ has bad late game decision making, if LeBron and AD are healthy and they're at their peaks, they're just still going to be winning. <laughs> like they're just still going to win. They're still going to be the favorite in every series out West. Uh, and oh, yeah. it's, and they're going to be a team that's difficult to beat. So, you know, and we said the same thing, you know, kind of before the season or before the summer, but like the, all this other stuff is kind of window dressings for whether or not Anthony Davis can stay healthy. And I really, really hope that he really devotes a lot of more, a lot more effort and time and money and, and just care into becoming a player who can stay on the floor. Uh, because, you know, if, if the, a real quick way for the Russell Westbrook thing to be a disaster is if uh, Anthony Davis keeps falling on the ground and grabbing limbs every time he hits the ground. Like that's just kind of the, 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 re- the harsh reality of the situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Health, health is everything. Um, I, I think AD's been healthy as much as uh, more than I think people think. Uh, last year, obviously, was was really tough. But he doesn't have to just be healthy. He has to be Anthony freaking Davis. He aggressive, has to be the yeah. Aggressive, uh, none of this, you know, a passive, none of this passive stuff. He has to be attacking the rim, the defensive player of the year, kind of that he can be, that he was in 2019. That's who he needs to be for this to work. Anthony Davis has to be not the best player on this team, but the most talented player every night. Like he has to fit that bill um, for this to work because that's what they're betting on. They're betting on LeBron to be himself, which again, he's LeBron James. You kind of bet on that. Um, and Anthony Davis being Anthony Davis. And that's, that's how it's going to work. Um, and that's, and we're going to see, uh, it's going to come pretty soon. This off season, not as long as others either. Um, we got a couple months here. It's going to move really fast. Summer leagues in a few weeks. And then, we start we start the regular season. You're good. All right, all right, everybody. That's all we got for today. Uh, Raj and I will be back uh, probably on Friday morning. Um, uh, but we appreciate your guys' support. All right. Thanks, everyone.